It's Chris again, the UFCVM communications intern and pre-vet student. Knowing how to make the right call in any given situation comes from years of background and learning from those with experience. Tune in to hear Dr. Bach share her wisdom on how to make judgment calls with integrity. Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today we are back talking about the VEMCAST Letters of Recommendations, People, Skills, and it is an odd-numbered episode, which means we have a veterinarian in the booth with us. Dr. Anya Bach, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Today we are talking about a pretty heavy topic, judgment and integrity and making the tough calls. And we thought Dr. Bach would be great to do this because you are a large animal surgeon and it feels like you're probably making tough calls all the time. Does that feel accurate? It does. It does. Good. Uh, Before we get started, will you tell the folks where you did your undergrad, vet school, post-vet school, internship residencies, that whole educational journey? Okay, it's a bit of a, it is a bit of a journey. Um, So I actually grew up in Canada and I did my vet school, um, well, I did my undergrad in Ontario at Queen's University and then I went to uh, the Ontario Veterinary College. uh, That's at the University of Guelph in Southern Ontario. Canada is a little bit different in that you have to have residency in the uh, vet school, you know, uh, region that you're applying to. So we didn't have the option to apply apply to different vet schools. Like I only had the option of going to um, OVC, which is the Ontario Veterinary College, which was okay because that had always been my plan in life. Um, I grew up, I have both my parents are veterinarians and I always kind of knew that this is what I wanted to do. Um, So I was very focused uh, throughout my undergrad career and uh, I was very fortunate to get into University of Guelph. I love my time there. And um, after uh, you know, throughout vet school, I knew that I wanted to pursue uh, equine practice, but I specifically really developed a love for surgery and wanted to um, pursue a residency in large animal surgery. So in the course of that, I applied um, through the internship matching program, and I ended up at Oklahoma State University for my first internship, which is a really a great experience. I learned a lot. I had a lot of really fantastic mentors at that place. And um, the second year I applied, um, I got a second specialty internship at the University of Florida, which is where I'm now. And um, that was a surgery specialty internship. Um, it was a great stepping stone. And I I was lucky enough that they seemed to want to put up with me for a few more years. So I did end up matching as a large animal surgery resident at the University of Florida. And so that was 2013. Uh, Residencies are three years in large animal surgery. So I did 2013 to 2016 uh, here at UF. And then after that was all done, I just decided I wasn't quite ready to leave. And uh, I was offered the opportunity to do a PhD um, with my mentor, Dr. David Freeman, in some uh, equine GI physiology, colic surgery, that kind of thing, which was always something I was really interested in doing. And so I stayed and I did a PhD. And then at the end of all that, um, I was fortunate enough to, they hired me as a faculty member. And so I've been a faculty member here for uh, about three years. 
let's dive into judgment and integrity. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a, a topic that maybe, do you think it comes with time? Like as a student, you get better with it as you age and go through experiences? Yeah, and I think you know I had you had sent me some some of these questions beforehand, and and you know most of my answers kind of came back to that. Um, so I think when people, you know, are asked this question in in vet school admission committee and stuff like that, it's it's, you know, it's understandable that people that are younger in their life and just haven't seen as much and and maybe, and I think that a lot of people want to ask, um, answer this question specifically regarding to experience they have in vet medicine, um, which is, you know, fine. I think that uh, the people on the admission committee, you know, they're always looking for other kind of life experiences, but it is true that, you know, when I thought about this question, that's kind of where my mind went. So, you know, I think that in any medical profession, there's, you know, there's always going to be shades of gray, but, you know, in regards to decisions that we make for our patients, what we tell our clients, um, but we, you know, there are going to be things that are more black and white, you know, standards of care that we're all taught, you know, the regulatory issues, things that we know as veterinarians, like this is the way that we should do things. But it really is called, you know, it's the practice of veterinary medicine. And, you know, we hope that we come out of vet school with enough knowledge and experience that we're competent at our job, but it does take time and experience to grow that kind of ability to make good judgments, specifically in regards to, you know, decisions around veterinary care. Um, But I think integrity involves, you know, admitting that we're not infallible, asking for help when we need it, and, you know, really understand that there are resources out there, even as a veterinarian, when you have a case that you need help with, um, and that, you know, understanding that continuing education post-vet school, it's not just about, you know, uh, getting the box in order to keep your licensing and all that kind of other stuff, things that we're required to do, but actually understand that, you know, getting better at our job and learning, you know, what's new and what, and, you know, what changes over time in our profession is really critical for, you know, operating with judgment and integrity. What questions, so you've, you sit on the admissions committee, yeah. you read packets, you mm-hmm. sit in the interviews, what questions might evoke these kinds of responses where you're sussing out if they do have strong judgment and integrity. The one I always know about is like, tell me about a time you made mm-hmm. a mistake. Are there any other questions where y'all are trying to evaluate their judgment? I think that there there are like specific questions that we try to, to ask that. I would say that a lot of times for me and the people that I've worked with on admission committee, a lot of times somebody will say something elsewhere in the interview and we're, you know, we try to keep a very open mind and, and looking at holistically at the end of the interview, at the end of the package evaluation, um, you know, where, you know, where we think that these things, um, you know, what the candidate did to sort of indicate to us that they have these things. Um, you know, I think it's it's looking at your own sort of life experiences and try to, you know, find a meaningful example and admit to the mistakes that you've made and, and not just try to pretend that, um, you know, you've never made a mistake. And, uh, and I think we're looking for things like owning the mistake, reflecting on, um, you know, those mistakes that you made. And it doesn't always have to be about, you know, I was working in a practice and I made a mistake on a case. Like, we don't expect everybody to have that level of experience. It's great if you do. Um, you know, 
we understand that, um, you know, a lot of times that you're going to be in a position where you have to look back at elsewhere in your life, per, both personal, professionally, from your educational experiences. Um, and sometimes it takes a minute to think about it. And I think that candidates always want to rush into answering, but we're okay for you guys to take a second and think about, you know, your answer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's always going to be kind of general questions about, um, you know, what was a time that you, you know, failed at a goal? What was the time you made a mistake? That kind of thing. Um, and so those are general things to think about. Um, and self-reflect upon going into these interviews and, and writing your your packet answers and stuff like that. I like that you mentioned failing at a goal because you already like kind of hinted at these some of these students are really young mm-hmm. and they really haven't had a ton of life experience yet. Maybe they haven't made a lot of mistakes. Maybe yeah. they've been really blessed and yeah. they purposely tried to not make a mistake. So I like that a goal could be a response. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I, I sought to achieve this goal and I didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Does it almost feel unfair to ask these 20-somethings, like, what big mistakes have you made in life? I guess, but at the same time, I mean, we have a diversity of candidates that come through. And the rea- and one of the things I think that we're looking for in, in vet school admission is that there's the kind of academic cutoffs. There's even, you know, looking at the the candidates, you know, experiences and being like, okay, it has X, this person has X number of hours in small animal, X number of hours in, in large animal. I am always looking for someone that, have they seen enough of the profession that they know what they're getting themselves into? And something that, you know, constantly comes up with. And, you know, when we talk about issues in the in our profession is sort of burnout and mental fatigue and stuff like that. So I want to make sure that people understand, you know, what this, like what it, have they seen enough of the, of the veterinary profession to understand what they're getting themselves into, um, both in vet school as well as afterwards. Um, so I think for me, I'm, I'm looking for some degree of kind of mental toughness to, and, you know, again, op- and self-reflection um, that this person would know where to add, know to ask to help when they need it and that they, um, you know, understand what they're getting themselves into. I often think that sometimes an easy way to find out if somebody is ready is to look for like the red flags. So when you're reading a packet mm-hmm. or you are interviewing somebody what are some things that you might hear where you're like, uh-oh, like this kind of tells me their judgment and integrity could be a little bit off? I think that, you know, I can't think of anything that I, I really, um, you know, that would really stand out other than, again, just sort of not accepting that they've, you know, ever made a mistake and that they've never worked towards a challenging goal, that kind of thing. So I think that there's, you know, there's nothing that I would say is like a specific red flag, but we are looking for some people with just general life experience, um, not just like specifically in veterinary experiences. Yeah, those life experiences are Honestly, I almost feel like by the time you get to that interview, your mm-hmm. packet is strong enough where you've yeah. shown you've got the vet experience. Yeah. The interview is that time to chat about the life experience. Yeah, and and as we kind of say, I mean, most of us um, when we when we go through it, we we tell people specifically that when we get to admission interviews, many people don't look at the packets of the candidates, and we also are looking for you to sell yourself, saying like, you know, yes, I can pull up and, you know, look at your experiences and find out what vet practice you work at, et cetera, et cetera, but I want you to be able to present yourself in a professional manner and, you know, with, um, 
you know, with integrity, but also, uh, you know, with confidence, tell me, I have seen enough of this profession. I know what I'm getting myself into. I am a good bet if you get me into, if you give me this opportunity. Well, that's a good point because on paper, they, you know, you've had time, you've had Mm -hmm. nine months to work on this packet. Now, how do you market it when you actually sit down and Mm -hmm. talk about the experiences? Mm -hmm. Because some folks really are great on paper, but you need to be able to communicate orally about Mm -hmm. what you've done. And it's a balance between, again, being confident, but also being humble. And I think like, you know, as going back to kind of integrity, a, a big part about operating as a veterinarian with integrity is, you know, being honest, like being honest with yourself and being honest with your clients when you're like, hey, I just don't know what's going on, but I'm going to do everything in my power to get you those, you know, get your answers. And I'm going to do everything in, that's within my power to to do the best job for your, for your animal, for the client, you know, what have you. Um, so I think it's, you know, being humble, but confidence in the skills and, and experiences that you have. Speaking of what what's in your power and your experiences, Dr. Bach, will you tell us maybe a, a story or two about either when you felt like, okay, I had a tough call to make or mm-hmm. I really experienced this like, oh, I had to use my best judgment and integrity as yeah. a professional? Mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, I, like, again, everything kind of comes back to, um, you know, I, I think of it as specific cases that I have. I, I always think that I have specific cases that I that didn't go well that kind of follow me around like ghost almost and I I can remember every single detail about the blood work and you know how they presented exactly what I found in surgery I remember every single aspect of the case versus a case that I maybe saw two weeks ago that did absolutely fine I couldn't even tell you their name if I tried um but I think that I um I can think of a lot of specific examples of, you know, maybe when I wasn't um, as clear with owners about what my recommendation is. I, you know, I think that you have to tell owners this is, um, you have to use your best judgment to provide them with uh, different treatment options, but you have to be honest with them in terms of prognosis, what things are going to cost, that kind of thing. And I can think of a lot of times where, you know, maybe I wasn't as clear with the owner about, you know, really what my opinion was the best thing Mm. and, you know, try to sort of fall back too much on, well, I gave them all their options, you know, I gave them the numbers, I gave them the quotes, and I, I sometimes regret the fact that I maybe didn't, you know, do more to sort of specifically say, like, you know, I, I can't tell you for sure that this won't work out well, but, you know, I really think that if we do X, Y, Z, you know, we might have a good chance and there's always going to be some risk with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just go back to a lot of specific cases and I'm not going to bore you with like the specific medical decisions and, you know, spe- how I did one type of surgery versus another. Um, but I think that I... One of the things that I learned a lot, you know, how I learned to sort of operate with judgment and integrity often came from the mentorship that I got from from working, you know, in various different institutions. 
I am so fortunate that I'm, you know, surrounded by a lot of really smart people <laughs> at the at the hospital. We all have our specialized kind of niches, even within like medicine versus surgery in the large animal hospital, reproductive cases, that kind of thing. Um, you know, there are all there are always people that you know are a little bit better at one thing versus the other, and I think that we do a really good job of of going to each other um, and asking for help, asking for opinions, and you know, none of us are too proud to think that you know, we're always going to get every case perfect. And I think in, you know, a lot of, you know, for everyone that I am fortunate enough to work with on a daily basis, we all just want what's best for the patient and that it's not about us being right or us making the brilliant call or anything like that. We just, and we'll go to each other for help all the time. Even people that are, you know, board certified specialists that have been practiced for 20 years, um, you know, we want to we want to be supported and ask other people their judgment um, and ask their opinion on cases. And I think that I've learned a lot about, you know, operating with judgment and integrity from the people I've worked with. So surrounding yourself with folks who maybe are a little bit more seasoned mm-hmm. in the field so we can learn from their calls and mm-hmm. how they handle tough situations, but also having folks around us who we trust to just lean on. So then if you were asked to write a letter of recommendation Mm -hmm. from a pre-vet who maybe Mm -hmm. has been volunteering in the clinic, is that what you're looking for, those kinds of communication skills that they've had with others? Or what other kinds of interactions could they have with you to score them on that excellent marking for judgment integrity? I'm looking for curiosity. Um, So I'll be perfectly honest, like I work in a large hospital and there's a lot of technicians, some who are aspiring to to apply for vet school, some who are not. Um, But even if not, like I like the, the technicians that I, although I'm, I'm sure it's intimidating at times, like, you know, I, I, I understand I kind of breeze in and out, um, you know, and I am a faculty member, but I'm always, you know, happy to answer questions. So I like to, I think that, you know, people that have spent the time to, you know, ask me questions and demonstrate curiosity um, and openness and willingness to learn, you know, I, I really, I really respect that. I don't, you know, expect them to be, um you know, expert, regardless of it's their technical skills or their knowledge base, like that's not the level of expectation. I want them to, um, you know, again, demonstrate curiosity and ask questions and then, you know, learn. Um, You know, I like to, I think if I can especially see sort of improvement over time, that always um, goes a long way. Um, And, and, you know, some, some of, some, some of the best things that you can do to really get a really strong recommendation is just be a hard worker. And that's the that's the same whether you're aspiring to get into vet school or you're a vet student that's applying for internships and residencies, like, you know, or doing well on clinic rotations. You don't have to be the best at anything you do, but if the people around you can just see that you're working hard and putting in the time and not being lazy like that just goes so well so far to uh improve you know um you know to to get a good letter of recommendation um so i think hard work curiosity asking questions um and and also you know demonstrating that you're doing a little bit of your own work so maybe um you know asking questions but then also like following up and seeing if you can investigate a little bit more on your own and that's that can go a long way to sort of show that you're really serious about this. 
Oh, yeah, I would appreciate it if, if an intern or a vet student just completed a project or did some work for me, and mm-hmm. then they followed up with, hey, can you give me some feedback? Mm-hmm. That shows a lot of integrity, I think, instead of yeah. just saying, like, I finished this, give me the next task. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do a judgment lightning round. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tim Hortons or Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, absolutely Tim Hortons. <laughs> do you feel like you have to say that because you're from no, Canada? No, it's better. It just is. <laughs> um, milk in a bag or milk in a carton? Milk in a bag. Are you? <laughs> do you want to tell them? Because they might not know Nobody what's up knows. with that. Yeah. So in Canada, you if you buy like a th- rather than a three-gallon like jug of milk, you get like a bag and they have like individual one liter bags of milk. And then you put it in every household has like a you know just like a plastic jug and then you slide the bag in (laughs) it's so hard to explain on the phone just google it like you like it makes works real well chris your face is just just, i can't tell if you're i'm sure it's more environmentally friendly it's definitely more environmentally friendly i just feel like it reminds me of like wine in a bag like you slap the bag yeah okay my last one for you is going to be is hockey better in canada or the united states honestly i am a terrible canadian in this respect in that i don't really watch hockey. <laughs> okay. Well, you had integrity to tell us that because you could have lied. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me about these students want to get better with mm-hmm. their judgment and integrity. Mm-hmm. Let When we're thinking like long-term but also short-term goals, what's something they could start doing like today or this week to start working on that? I think it goes back to observation. I don't know how else to, to teach that. I think that, you know, for me – I, I do teach a lot of vet students, um, usually on a shorter period. You know, I have the vet students that I teach the didactic or classroom work, and, you know, I don't have a ton of one-on-one interaction with them. Um, and then I have the vet students that come on to the uh, rotation, and I have them on, like, large animal surgery for, like, two weeks. Um, and, again, I can kind of see their improvements in terms of their, you know, technical skills and their knowledge base. And so I can – but big picture, holistic things like judgment and integrity are really hard to um, sort of teach on a short-term basis. What I do see is with training my house officers, so like we have, you know, interns and, and residents that I train, and I can say that that is, it's, you know, hard to teach that specifically, but when I see the improvements in that, it's, it's probably the thing I'm most proud about is just like seeing them sort of improve. All I can say is that I try to just give whether it's students or house officers the opportunity to observe me as much as possible not just like technically in surgery but like you know talking to a client and seeing you know how I talk to them the subtle sort of personality like the subtle sort of communication skills um, that I use to convey my message effectively um, and you know how I sort of frame the the information so it's manageable um, so those type of things I think you know all I can do is sort of be the best example I can be I don't really you know and so it goes back to for students to try to just observe, you know, other people. And other than that, just, you know, live your life and, you know, experiences will come out up and you'll make mistakes and look back and see what you learn from those mistakes. Self-reflect and, you know, I think that's all you can do. So strong mentorship, time and reflection. Yeah, exactly. That sounds a good summary. (laughs) Is there anything else that we did not discuss that you feel like will be helpful for these students when they're thinking about, as I'm going to call it now, J&I, judgment and integrity? (laughs) Um, I think that like even just 
If you're somebody that is listening to this podcast, a pre-vet podcast, you are already in the category of people that is dedicated enough that they want to do everything that they can to be as well prepared, not just, you know, hopefully not just for packets and interviews, but also getting into vet school, dealing with the vet school curriculum and, you know, life after vet school. I can tell you personally, like I, I, I was probably someone uh, on retrospect that had a very strong packet in terms of like my grades and the experiences I had going into um, the vet school application. I think when I look back at the how I answered some of the questions, I like absolutely cringed because I think that I probably didn't do a great job answering some of those questions in retrospect. And I still remember the questions so clearly and you know and oftentimes think about how I would have re-answered them now I did get in and so I was fortunate in that so I'm I'm I don't know how how I sneaked in or you know whether my good grades and and my you know resume was enough to get me over the edge but I think that I hadn't done like any preparation for what might be on the on the um, interview, and I think that there is a lot of information. We're obviously not going to, um, you know, publish the specific sort of questions, but um, these kind of things that we have been talking about today, um, you know, self-reflecting on goals and mistakes that you've made in your past, you know, what you've learned from your mentors. Um, these are all kind of basic things that you would sort of expect to to sort of see with interviews, and so that's. Um, that's the really the the most specific advice I can give mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, use our ebook, practice with others, you're mm-hmm. going to have your great mentor, they're going to yeah. interview you. Mm-hmm. I think for me I'm looking at Carissa who's my current intern and I my thought is like I think when I'm evaluating Carissa's integrity, part of it for me is I know because so far she's like everything she said she's going to do for me she does. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, she's she's building that trust. Reliability. Super yeah. reliable. Yeah. yeah, so I think integrity also just comes down to yeah, a strong relationship with your mentors, mm-hmm. making sure that they know what you're about, communicating with them when something doesn't work out and that's exactly what you're going to do for your clients. Yeah. Well, Dr. Bach, thanks so much for being <laughs> on the show today. What a productive and I want to say like inspiring chat to just think about this isn't like a scary thing it just takes time a lot of people are really nervous in there and I I can tell that and and like I said you know you need to take it seriously you need to prepare for it you need to do the work Um, but you also just need to talk like a human being (laughs) and um, and just realize that there are other human beings on the other end of it so Carissa do you have anything you want to add about judgment and integrity building those muscles having (laughs) accountability with the people around you even if it's your mentor that's awesome totally can ask i'm alex avellino and we'll talk to you soon (laughs) is there any donut chain that you prefer to tim hortons I mean, it's it's different. Like, I mean, the, Tim Hortons is not like specialty, like, you know, gourmet donuts or anything like that. It's not that they're fantastic donuts. It's just the ambiance. It's the it's like a lot of fast food and it's the predictability and knowing what you're going to order. Oh, that's spiritual. <laughs> I really ex- I know exactly what you're saying. Like you you're going to get what you expect. Exact, exactly. Wow. That to me means that Tim Hortons has good integrity because you have like the integrity of the donut. OK. Yeah.